Let me ask you something. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? You're unsure what you would even talk about? Wonder about how to tell your soul story? And what about the tech? How to even get started? Wonderful. Let me tell you, that is exactly where I was seven years ago. It starts with a spark, really, an idea and a desire. Unlike me, I don't mind to spend hours and days researching and just getting to a point where you're just so stressed out, trying to figure it all out on your own. I'm doing a big discount on my podcast consulting services starting next week, and you, my audience, are the first to hear about it. I haven't even started promoting it on my social media. I'll be raising my prices starting in October. I like to give you first tips before I even start to promote it. I only have 10 spots starting next month. If you've been wanting to get started, now is the time. If you've been waiting for a sign, this is it. I hope you take advantage of this opportunity. Most of all, I hope you take a chance on you. Hi, I'm Jacqueline, your host. Welcome to the Amigapreneur Podcast, a platform where we talk to Black, Indigenous, and women of color who are entrepreneurs, spiritpreneurs, and creatives. We talk all about moving through life transitions with courage, confidence, and compassion. If you've been looking for a way to turn your life transition or major life change into a transformation, an inner evolution, this is a podcast for you. This week, we have Kelsey from the Cantrenos podcast. She's a mental health provider, writer, author, and speaker. Today, we talk about growing up as a first-gen to a single mom. Her story is unique and yet relatable story for those of us who may have grown up as children of immigrants. Only her story was one where she loses her mother and is left raising her brothers on her own at the age of 23. Find out how she managed to do all that and still pursue her dream of going to college. Most important, how she dealt with her mental health later on in life and specifically focuses on mother wounds and inner child work. Listen until the end for a really beautiful and at times tear-jerking story of resilience and self-love. The time for me where I questioned everything was um, after my mom died. So I had, I was young, I was 23 years old when she passed and I had this, well, like all young people, we have these like dreams and goals and we think like, you know, we're going to go to college and graduate in four years. And then um, I always knew I wanted to be a therapist or do some kind of like social work, like work. And so I had like minored in criminology and I was trying to decide between like psychology and sociology and I just always knew I wanted to be in some kind of like helping field and I'm like okay I for sure need to go and get a master's and all this stuff so um it probably my questioning probably started before that I've always been the oldest my mom was a single mom for like a small period of my life when I was younger then she remarried and met my wonderful stepdad you know they we were like a family but then that didn't work out and then she um was single again um when he was actually deported and so um it was back to being a single mom of this time four and I always had to kind of like carry that extra like 
burden, whether it was just listening to her tell me all the life stressors and problems, being a Mexican mom, like she probably didn't know that she shouldn't be telling me all of our issues and stressors and financial problems, but she did. I think I became sort of like her friend and maybe even like a partner, right? Because like her partners were no longer there. Um, So I always carried that like extra responsibility. Like I was taught very young how to pay the bills, um, how to cook, how to clean, you name it, because I was always helping her. But either way, I always still had my own dreams and my own idea of like, okay, I'm going to be the big sister and the, the helper until I have to leave and then go to college and do my own life. Um, and then it worked out that way for the first um, two years, but then my mom was diagnosed with, um, well, I moved back home sooner before my mom was diagnosed for other reasons that I had to help out. But then shortly after my mom was diagnosed with cancer and I had to become head of household still trying to juggle school ended up just finishing my AA um, and stopped going to school because I had to just help and so then I became my mom's um, her provider uh, head of household for her and my siblings and then I became her caretaker um, in her last months of her life when she could no longer drive or move or do anything and so then it was like I had been hit by a bus and I just didn't know where my own life was going like I knew I had this obligation to help my family and care for my mom and I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it any other way um but it wasn't in my plan. And so in the back of my head, it was always like, this wasn't in my plan. Like this is holding me back from my goals and my dreams because it was hard for a young 20 something year old um, to understand like, or to have to decide and just kind of like know that like there's so much you still have to do on your own, but knowing like right now you're needed to do much for your family. Mm -hmm. And then my mom passed when I was 23 and I became the, um, the guardian of my brothers, my brother, my youngest brother was 11 about to turn 12 when she passed. And then the other one was 15 years old. And so so many times, even though I promised my mom and my and her dead bed, deathbed, sorry, um, that I would go back to school, so many times I actually couldn't see my dreams anymore. Like I kept asking myself, like, will I ever graduate from college? All my friends have graduated or are starting to graduate. Will I even be able to get a master's? degree will I even be able to pursue my career am I going to have to work two three jobs to make sure that these kids and I and everyone is fed like I have a sister too and she actually had a baby a little bit before my mom passed and even though that wasn't my responsibility but obviously as the big sister I wanted to like help and I had to be there for her as well so and her daughter who's my goddaughter so like it just always felt like I was on like all of my my personal goals and dreams were on hold. Um, So sorry, I know I rambled, but I, that's when I can think of that. I just felt like my life, like I just, 
it was so confusing to know how to go about my own life and goals and dreams, having all of these responsibilities on me. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your mom passing away when you were so, so young. My daughter's 23 and I can't imagine um, what that would be for her. I know I had a conversation in a car a long time ago because I wasn't raised with my mom. And that was one of my big fear for my daughter not to have a mother. Um, And I just always would have these conversations. But when she was 16, I talked to her about like how my, my biggest prayer was like, please let me be there until she's 18. So she like can fend for herself at least. And I told her how proud I was of her. And that was just such a big fear because I know that it took so long for me I wanted to prove to myself that I didn't need my parents having grown up in trauma and been on my own since I was 15. But as I grew, the older I got, I realized that I needed my parents. You know, I needed my mom specifically, like when I got pregnant in my teens, like it just really, I spent my whole life like trying to prove like, I don't need them. I can, I can do this myself, but then getting older and realizing like, we always need our parents. We always need our moms for, for like these whole chapters in our lives, you know, as women, um, we go to them, but it looks like for you, it was more of a, of a friendship. Um, so I wanted to ask you two things. What, what do you think is the most valuable lesson you learned from your mom? So my mom was, my mom was a guerrera. She, I actually, like, when, after she passed, I felt sorry for her. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing the life that she dealt with, like the cards she was dealt with in this life and the things that she struggled through from, because I knew like everything about her. Like she would, I would ask, I would ask and she would share. Um, and I knew like her, um, her immigration story, her approaches to try to come here a few times and failing and then finally making it. I knew like what she dealt with when she got here, the different jobs she had. I knew obviously all of the like experiences of the abuse and everything she dealt with, with my biological father, um, who, you know, didn't give her the best, um, I guess you could say image of love and like relationships and commitment. And so I knew so much about her that seeing the way like her, like she went out, I guess you could say it, like, I would feel so sorry for her. Um, I would just think like, why God, like, why would you like take her after everything she's dealt with? Like, why does she have to go? Like, but obviously it was my own, like, I guess you could say remorse with the Mm -hmm. universe or God that they, that I was losing my mom at such a young age. Cause my mom was actually only 46 years old when she passed. So Mm -hmm. she was really, really young. And I just, I thought it was just the most unfair thing in life. Um, now I, I obviously would do anything to have her here, but I have found peace that like, you know, we all have our destiny. We're not immortal. We're not here forever and for whatever reason like it was time for her to go but she 
was this person that like no matter what life threw her way she was just so strong and she it doesn't matter how much like life would tear her down people would tear her down no matter what she dealt with like she overcame and she would always look forward and positive and I'm a very like positive um person but I have I could say my little like side of me that can get a little negative or sometimes just feel like defeated and I don't know if she had that side if she did she just she did such a great job at not showing it to me because she was always like con Dios todo se puede and we're gonna make it and it's gonna be fine and don't you worry and like she just always found a way like she was literally like you know how they say mom always finds a way like she really was like mom always found a way and so I just admired her I admired her for her strengths I admired her for how she never let her head like she always ha- held her head high no matter what she dealt with in this life I just admired her who, for who she was and she inspired me so much like everything about me till this day everything I do the go-getter that I am the goals that I have the things I want to accomplish like I do it still with her in mind. I know, and I'm getting a little emotional, but I know that she can't be here to tell me like, good job, you did it or whatever. But deep down in my heart, I know from somewhere she's watching and like, I want her to feel proud because she went through so much I guess you can say for the American dream and to get here and to raise us here. And she pulled through as a single mom that I feel almost like I can't, like, I can't let her down. Like I have, I want her to see from wherever she's at to be like, okay, I had one hell of a shit show of life, but look at my daughter and look at my kids. I mean, I tell my siblings this all the time when I try to, you know, just inspire them, motivate them. Like, remember, like we're, like if mom is watching like we want her to feel proud like and then my brothers their father actually passed away a few years after my mom my stepdad Mm -hmm. and so they lost both parents and so I tell them all the time like like whenever you're doing something like you know think of mom think of dad and like think of it as like I'm trying to you know like if you need any inspiration and nothing in this world in this in this current life you have for some reason isn't inspiring you like think about them because wherever they are like we want them to feel proud and so but what would you say I learned from her like I learned that like like life always there's always a way in this life there'll always be away around whatever it is that life is going to throw at us and so when I feel defeated when life feels hard when things don't go my way or I feel overwhelmed I just remember her always constantly saying todo se puede con Dios Dios nos va a ayudar Dios nos va a abrir el camino no te preocupes everything's going to be fine and it's because sometimes it didn't feel fine and I'm not going to sit here and say my whole childhood but like we were homeless at one point her and I and like we've like we went through so many things like when I was little that obviously obviously thankfully with my siblings it was a little more stable um but when I was little I remember like hardship and sometimes not even like having enough to eat or things like that. Like, thankfully it wasn't too many moments like that, but we did have moments like that where I was like, why the hell are we going through this? Like, why can't we like get a break kind of thing? And she always had this spirit that was like, 
it's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. God will always help us find a way. And I just, to me, sometimes it was unbelievable. Like, just get angry and like, you know, like cry with me or something. And she would always just be like, yes, yes, you can cry. You can scream, whatever. But either way, that's not going to resolve anything. We're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And like, I just admired that of her so, so much. Having been your mother's, what it sounds like, partner. And I think for single moms, we tend to do that, even if it's not in that way, you know, where, where they're handling the finances and we're telling them all the stressors and things like that. But they become partners just as far as like, we kind of get used to our kids and we yes. make them our everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then we don't realize like this, you know, my daughter, especially I think for me, when she left for college, my daughter was, you know, my partner, my buddy, my girlfriend, my daughter, you know, she was my companion. And I realized how heavy that must have been for her. And a lot of the times for parents, it's just like instinctly, or maybe I, I also got that from my parents. We don't let our children see us break no mm-hmm. matter what. You know, um, they can break down, they can panic, but we can't. And I really think it's a very immigrant mentality because our parents went through so much and their parents went through so much and they came to this country. And so they're having to survive. So they don't have time for self-care to feel sorry for themselves. They don't have time to cry. And because if they really sat with it, it would just be too heavy. And a lot of the times we don't have the mental health. You know, it's very taboo still, even today, can you imagine in their times to talk about mental health therapy or that you can't handle something and get it together. And hearing you talk, it just reminds me that um, my daughter growing up only saw me cry twice in her whole 18 years, saw me cry twice, excuse me. And both times uh, a friend had passed away and someone else um, was really, really sick. And she saw it for like a moment and it was like, and once she got ready to go to college, it was fucking weird for her to see me like get so emotional. She was like weirded out. She's like, what is wrong with you? What is happening? And I was just, it was like, I don't know. I go, it feels like when I was pregnant with you, I remember that I was just so emotional and I didn't know how to handle all those emotions because I've never known how to really process and sit and allow myself to feel my emotions because growing up in survival, we didn't have time for that because we have to survive. So being so, you know, being pregnant and overwhelmed, you can't control that your hormones are all over the place. Mm -hmm. You're crying for the smallest thing. And then her going to college, just, I don't know what the heck it was. I just was like, oh my God, she's leaving. Like, this is really happening. And I felt like a guerrera when she left, like I fucking did this shit on my own. I raised her. She's an amazing, you know, human being. I'm sending her out into a world she wants to contribute. But I was also left with a lot of heavy stuff about how I raised her and what I taught her. And I started seeing this generational trauma that I had passed on to her constantly surviving, not like really sitting with her emotions, not being comfortable with her emotions as well. Um, So having that conversation with you, um, I have a question for you. Do you Mm -hmm. have, or have you allowed yourself to have like 
do you have resentment for the way you grew up? Did you have you ever allowed yourself to to really be upset or angry at your mom? Um, yeah, just I just wondering, have you ever had? I know it's hard sometimes to think of that because our parents passed away or something happened, and I know they were doing their best. But another quick story for you: my daughter sat down with me. And I said, you know, she was holding a lot about her upbringing and she felt so guilty to tell me that there was things in her childhood that really bothered her. And she struggled and I could see her like really struggling to tell me these things because she knows that I'm her mom and I did all these things for her. And she felt so guilty that she felt this, these things, you know, about me because like I'm her mom and I was like it's okay like it's okay it you know you need to like speak your truth and that's okay and I'll be fine you know I know that your feelings aren't facts and your your perspective is your perspective and you're allowed to feel whatever you want to feel you know and your perspective is your own and your experience is your own and you should speak it um so yeah I'm just wondering for you because your mother passed away and maybe you didn't get that chance to speak to her about the things that hurt you. How does someone process that when someone passes away and we kind of like make them like an, you know, angel never did anything wrong. They were great parents. Like how does someone process that when their parent has passed away? Do you allow yourself to have those feelings? So that's a really good question. Um, so Growing up, I didn't see, and I think again, because mental health is very tabooed and we don't talk about things like, you know, in the Latino community, like I didn't, oh, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I did, I do know I held some remorse towards her because I felt like I didn't get to always be a child. I am very, um, very like cautious of everything I do every move I make mm -hmm. I'm very clean very OCD like everything's always organized and I've I, I thought I always thought well this is my character like this is just who I am my mom's like this like my I hear some of my aunts and my grandmother are like this but later in my own development through my own therapy yes I unfortunately didn't go to therapy till she passed and um and just becoming the professional that I am as a mental health provider I that's when I started to see I didn't even realize that I had been like my mother's partner until my therapist told me well, you weren't really her daughter mm -hmm. all the time. Sometimes you were her partner. And I was like, what? And I remember sitting in that session like, oh shit, like, excuse my language, but she was like, I was like, she's right. I was sometimes my mom's partner. Like, so then I started to kind of learn like the different things like, you know, passed on um, trauma and things like that, that I didn't realize was happening to me. I just thought, this is what you do. You're the oldest. You got to help out. You got to help your mom out. You can't just, you know, you got to team up and everyone kind of works together or her and I, at least to make sure that this family runs through and functions, et cetera. She was still the anchor because she made sure that like, 
she didn't like leave it to me to like figure it out or anything. No, it was always just like, favor and can you, um, I have to go to work because she had two, three jobs sometimes. And so it was like, I have to go to work. I know you just got home from school, but when you get a second before five o'clock, can you please call the electricity company and pay the bill? I totally forgot. And I'd be like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So like little things like that were like, I didn't get to just come home like any teenager and get on the phone with my friends or do, it was always like, make sure you guys clean the bathroom, throw out the trash, dinner's made, but you got to warm it up. So it was always like, go, 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 go. And I just thought like, this is how some families function. I knew that people that had two parents, obviously that there was a little bit more leeway there, but I just didn't see like the issue with it. I, where I would say that I feel now looking back I did hold a little bit of like remorse I guess I don't even know if you would call it remorse though but Mm. when she would tell me like like kind of vent to me about like just issues like family issues or like financial issues and things like that because it would cause me a sense of worry Mm. I would feel overwhelmed at a young age. I would go to bed like worried, like my mom just pretty much confessed that if her check or this doesn't arrive on time or that they cut her hours that we might not have like the rent or whatever. And so it just, I, I did feel like frustration with her. Like Mm. I knew that she was doing her best, but sometimes I'm not going to lie. I had moments where I was like, why can't you like pay for this? Even though I knew she's an immigrant, she doesn't have an education. She works two, three jobs. She speaks English, but it's very mucho. Like I knew that there was no way she was ever going to make the money that like my, my friend's parents were making that were teachers or lawyers or whatever they were. Cause I grew up in a pretty nice neighborhood where they were people with money. And so I just, I just, I would hold like a remorse, I guess you could say, but it wasn't really towards her. It was more towards like life. Like why Mm -hmm. can't our life be easier? Like some of my friends, why can't my mom make as much money as some of my friends where I don't have to go to sleep wondering about these things. And so I did feel a sense of pressure. As soon as I turned 15, I started working. I was actually babysitting since 14 for the neighbors and like went and like with the city and got like a CPR certified and made myself like a good candidate for babysitting. And I started telling all the teachers around that I knew like at school and stuff like I'm I'm a babysitter. Here's my business card. So I've been a little (laughs) boss girl since I was 14. Here's my business card. I'm CPR certified. Call me on your date nights. Call me whenever. And I literally started, I guess what you would call like a little business because I was babysitting for so many people in town and I was bringing an income and I was literally giving it to my mom. Like my mom she never asked for it, but I would be like, here, like, this is how much I've made this month. I only want $50. Cause I've been looking at this jacket or whatever that I've been mm-hmm. wanting. And then you can keep the rest. And she would be like, no, it's tu dinero. It's your money. Don't. And I would be like, please mom, just take it. Like I w- I'm doing this to help us. And so I had to grow up really, really fast. There's a lot of things from childhood or things like that, that whenever I speak to like, um, friends or a partner and they share these things with me like oh I did this growing up and we went here and we went there like I've never experienced those things to this like, day. what is that like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm 30 years old and I've never been camping and I I mean I, I know, know not same I, see so I know not everyone goes camping or whatever right. but I do have like friends like you never been camping your family never went camping I'm like yeah mm. my family wasn't like that like that's not hard work like I right. grew up really really fast but um, when I did, after she passed, it's when I 
feel again to like answer your question a little bit more I think I felt more of like what was happening to your daughter kind of what you shared like where I started to realize because I was diagnosed with anxiety um Mm. I started to realize that like learn more about myself like I have anxiety attachment style that I had to kind of learn to like process like why do I and I'm an overthinker I I don't I'm not diagnosed with OCD but I do get a lot of kind of like overthinking I've had Mm -hmm. panic attacks I've had anxiety attacks like thankfully now at at my age and after three years of therapy like I have it super super under control but when I was younger like I didn't understand why I bit my my nails so much or why Mm -hmm. like I would cry randomly at night and have I knew like now as a professional looking back I'm like oh my god I was in the seventh grade having anxiety attacks that night after my mom shared some of this stuff with me, but I didn't realize it was an anxiety attack or I didn't realize that the way my chest was hurting, like was had to do with anxiety. I just assumed I was overwhelmed with what she was sharing or overwhelmed with our troubles, overwhelmed with what I was seeing, the struggles and things like that. And then obviously as an adult, I start to realize like, wow, like a lot of these things, like I know my mom didn't mean to do this to me, but they, they did right. develop from my experiences. And now, thankfully, I'm an adult who wants to work through her stuff. But there is people that like, you know, they don't work through their things or whatever. And as adults, they're all kind of, I mean, not not screwed up, but like you have all these things just going not on. Aware, and, you know. Yeah. And then and you're like, just going, why am going, I like going. this? Yeah. Right. They, they wonder why they are the way they are. And a lot of it does kind of tie back to childhood mm-hmm. things like that so um it it wasn't remorse but it was kind of like I wish she would have had other options other people other even if she would have seen her own therapist at one point mm-hmm. you know she I wouldn't have gotten so much of the emotional baggage I guess you could say right so because of everything you've, you've gone through and realizing like you didn't really have that, that normal, you know, quote unquote, um, childhood, what have you learned of your inner child and getting back maybe those things that you would want? And also what have you learned about self-care for yourself as a child of an immigrant? So I'm a very proud first generation daughter of an immigrant. I, I voice it in everything I do when I give speeches, when I, I talk about it, you know, when I allow myself to um, open up with patients, if obviously, if I think it would help them, but I'm a very, very proud. And I say it all, I'm first generation. I have, you know, like, it makes me so proud how far I've come despite the childhood, um, that I had and so that's like again just it's not remorse I don't know if the remorse is the word I don't feel resentment or just kind of questioning I don't feel feel resentment even that either like I'm I wouldn't have had my childhood any other way I wouldn't have like I'm grateful that I was able to be there for her I'm grateful for you know everything she did for us the hard work and the sweat she put into but obviously if I could go back my mom would have been more educated on mental health or Mm -hmm. we would have been able to like you know just seek different resources so so much didn't fall on me emotionally so that's why I say I don't I don't even want to say resentment because I don't feel 
like remorse and resentment, but I do feel some kind like of unfairness. Like, I yeah, guess. unfairness. Right. There you go. Like, like if I could, if I knew then, or right. if my mom knew then, what I know now as an adult, I wish some things would have been different because I do feel um, there's certain things I wouldn't have struggled with. But I do mm-hmm. feel now as an adult that I've overcame them. So I I've have found peace with mm-hmm. the hardship and the hard times because for whatever reason, I was given that pathway. And I do think it's made me the woman I am today. And like I said, I'm so proud to be her daughter. And I still to this day do things in her honor. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for her, despite the very difficult childhood that we had. The work that I've done um, with my inner child is just connecting with her. And I didn't get to know her or um, or be there for my child self because I was trying to be some kind of grown up. I was trying to be the oldest of four. I was trying to help. I was trying to not get in any trouble. There's there's actually a few times and I think it was I think it was like fifth grade, no joke, where my mom had to like um, go to like teacher conferences or sign something for me. And I was the kid that um, I hope none of my old teachers are hearing this, but forged some of her signatures, not because I was it wasn't like forging her signature for like a like a bad report card or anything. I was a kid with good grades, A's, AP classes, et cetera. But I didn't even want to trouble her sometimes mm. like with paperwork that I would, I knew her signature. I've seen her write it over and over. I mastered it so that I can just sign my own forms in my little green folder on Wednesdays. And I wouldn't even have to bother her until one day she kind of caught on and was like, you haven't brought any forms home. And I actually had a, um, a, uh, a, field trip and we were going to this like park and I was like oh I need lunch for Friday like we're going to Canyon Park and she was like when did I sign that like I never approved of that like and then she and then I was like oh I can't go and she's like no you can go but who signed the form like it isn't there a field trip form like the teacher has to the teacher sends and I sign and I was like oh shit like (laughs) I didn't know I overdid it (laughs) so I was like I signed it for you. And she was like, what? She goes, you can't be doing that. You're going to get in trouble. How? And I even, I was like, I know your signature so good. No one's ever going to find out. And she's like, no, you don't. And I like did it on a piece of paper for her. And she's like, oh my God, when did you learn that? And I was just like, I just didn't want to bother you. Like, I know you're so stressed out. I know you work a lot. Like I was always like trying to be in this, like like her partner. Shadow. That's what like, it like. Yeah. yeah. Like her be, partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying mm-hmm. to be in this like shadow to not bother her. Like I was always the kid. Like, I can't get in any trouble. I can't ever get my mom called. Like I was mm-hmm. trying to be this like perfect child so that she never had an AKA extra burden. Mm-hmm. And so I realized as an adult that like that, that child didn't get to always be a child because I was trying so hard to be like an adult like right. a partner like you know an adult that wasn't going to do anything bad or get in any trouble like so now as an adult I've had to like in my tw- all through my 20s and going through therapy and things like that I've had to connect with that inner child like what is she like what is she afraid of what does she not get to do and I've 
I've done so much like as an adult, like I've gone hiking. I, I went skydiving. I finally went to Disneyland in my early twenties. I, I did all these things that like, thankfully, like, you know, working hard and making my own money and stuff like I finally got the opportunity to experience and I taught I learned how to ride a bike and like just (laughs) things that like I didn't get as a child and so I've what I've learned is just like I I I, I'm a big believer as a psychotherapist that we should always be connecting with our inner child I think we become adults and we forget to care for that person and like just make our inner child happy and I think that's what brings out our joys and our happiness and our silliness that can still come out as an adult so I'm a big believer no matter what kind of childhood you've had to care for that inner Mm -hmm. child all of the time but I feel like I have had to do so much more caring and learning about this inner child because I feel like at one point in my childhood this inner child was kind of locked up because they couldn't be present all the time because I had to be a grown up when I really wasn't by age one, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. What do you love the most about Kelsey? <sighs> what do I love? Oh my gosh, that's a that's a good question. Um, so I've had to learn to love Kelsey. And I think another part of locking up the inner child was not loving Kelsey. And it wasn't because my mom didn't show us love because she did. She always checked in how was school, things like that. It wasn't like she wasn't present, but there was only so much of her that could be present because she was always working. She was always go, go, go. We were always go, go, go. So that nurturing Um, mother was there but it was only when available and so um, going a little back to like figuring out like that I have a bit of an anxiety attachment issue and like some abandonment issues that I had to learn to work through I learned that having having been abandoned by by my my biological father um, even though well my mom left him because he was abusive but as a child, you don't know that. And so you automatically think like, okay, like I don't have a dad like everyone else. Like I don't celebrate Father's Day, obviously until my stepdad came along and he thankfully played a good father-like role. And then I had uncles and uh, godparents or godfathers that also played a good father role in my life. So, but either way, as a child, I was always like, I don't have a dad. Why didn't he want me in his life? Why didn't he try to come see me like I knew other other kids that had like separate parents but they would be like oh this weekend I'm going with my dad or this weekend Mm -hmm. I'm going to my mom's and I would be like why doesn't my dad see me like that it was kind of like my own like questioning and it became an abandonment issue that I later later on learned as an adult that it was I didn't know that's what it was um And so I had abandonment issues from that. And then I also had abandonment issues from my mom. And later on, actually, after she passed, I also learned in therapy that there was a part of me that felt like my mother had abandoned me twice, abandoned me a bit in my childhood whenever I had to be an adult because she couldn't always be present. 
again, it, it wasn't as, if it sounds bad, I promise it wasn't as bad as it sounds. She was an amazing mom and she was always there. And we did have great times where we would go shopping together and go to the park. And like, we talked all the time. So she was very present, but there was obviously certain things like having to sign for her, doing those little things where I had to, AKA be an adult, where I felt like I just need my mom right now. Mm -hmm. And I have to somehow be an adult because she needs me to be a grown up. And so then I, I never saw it this way, but through therapy and my own courses and things that I've taken, I learned that you also feel abandoned when your parents pass, especially like the way my mom passed and then left me my brothers. Again, she didn't purposely do it. Like it was, we didn't have no other option, but it was kind of like, oh, now I'm abandoning you to figure this shit out on your own. And you have to raise these two teenage boys. And so I didn't realize that deep, deep down inside, there was a little bit of like, of that kind of like cut, like, wow, like everyone I love or everyone that's supposed to love me and care for me keeps abandoning me. And I realized later on, um, as an adult going through my own like healing process, that that was even an issue. Again, I learned so much that I didn't know then. I didn't know I had abandonment issues. I, I knew I was a little angry that I didn't have my dad and my dad didn't want to be in my life, but I didn't know that's what it was. And so I started to learn how I portrayed things when I would date or how it was hard for me to lose friends um, or you know when things would happen. Like I remember having a friend move and I was so heartbroken and my mom was like, get over it. Like you're, you can talk to them on the phone. Like, and I was like, no, it's not fair, but it's because I had abandonment issues, which I later and as an adult learn why losing people so hard for me why if things don't seem to be going well with with partners or friends I get very anxious and like worried because I have these abandonment issues that I'm probably gonna have to work through for the rest of my life I can say I have a so much healthier relationship with Kelsey now and I now can say to answer your question is I do love Kelsey I love what Kelsey represents I think she's an amazing human being and I say that with pride I know it sounds a little conceited but I think she's an amazing human being I think she sometimes has too much of a big heart but she wears her heart on her sleeve and she's hardworking. and I I now look at myself in the mirror and I'm truly truly like happy and in love with myself where I know that for a long time in my life I didn't feel that I was always just kind of like okay we're just Kelsey and we're trying to make it through life and that's it and now I'm like I'm happy I'm good I love you aka myself and I'm obviously constantly working towards becoming a better version of myself but I am really truly satisfied with who I am and I know I know that a big part of that is because I've gone through the healing process and I've shown myself the love that I deserve my name is Kelsey Barrias. I am a mental health provider. Um, I provide services in the San Diego County area. You can find me on Psychology Today, Kelsey Barrias, B-A-R-I-L-L-A-S, if you need services, um, and or um, through Achieve Medical Center, which is a company that I currently work for. I'm also a podcast host and creator, so um, you can find my podcast on Instagram, Facebook, um, Acá Entre Nos, a Spanglish podcast. Uh, you can also find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, but on Instagram, it's at Acá Entre Nos, double underscore. 
Um, and then I think on Facebook, it's just Akentrinosis English Podcast. Um, it's just a page. So I'm not sure if I got that correct, but I'm sure you guys will find it. My logo's orange. And then I'm also a writer, a speaker, um, and I do just other little projects on my own. I've written a book and published it. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's called How I Became the Love of My Life, a memoir. Um, it tells you a little bit of what I've shared today. I actually went probably in more detail today about my life, but it does tell you a little bit about how I became, aka the love of my life and learned to love myself. And um, you could also find my quotes and all my writing stuff on Instagram at kbeautifulmind. I don't know if it's one underscore or two, but it's at K Beautiful Mind. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share the episode, and follow us over on Instagram 